Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. That's my pen name that I use for my newsletter. I saw a tweet the other day uh, where a guy said he had just gotten sober a few months ago, and he asked on Twitter, hey, anybody else out there who got sober and suddenly was worried about stuff they never worried about before? I laugh because my answer is absolutely yes, uh, and hadn't thought about it in a while. I went to rehab in 2008, and my life immediately improved. Like, a lot. Lots of improvement in a short amount of time. Everybody I cared about was cheering me on, and um, and then I was going to meetings where I would announce I'd been clean and sober for 24 hours or 8 days and then 30 days, and when you announce that, everybody cheers and hugs you, and <laughs> I felt like... Uh, I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic where he hangs off the front of the ship and just yells, I'm the king of the world. Um, and then I could not believe the amount of adulting that being sober requires. There, you know, for my for me in active addiction, there was a there was a lot of childishness, you know, and and the active addiction, it allowed me to be childish. I if I was too hungover to get to work or I forgot your birthday, or I got too drunk at Christmas, well, you know, sorry, get over it, you know, I was so numb all the time that I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't feel the damage I was doing, I just buried it, I just ignored it, um, but by the time I got maybe 90 days sober, I had begun to realize some <laughs> shocking truths about sober life, like, one is, guess what, you're supposed to pay bills on time, my old bill poli paying policy had been to pile the unopened bills in a plastic bag and put it in the corner and pretend it doesn't exist. Well, that doesn't fly when you're sober. Like They call you and say, hey, can you pay this bill? And you're supposed to pay it. Another shocking truth was you, you have to feel things. Like you actually have to feel them. And I cried. I cried more in my first 90 days of sobriety than in the previous five years combined, I swear. I cried over over good things and bad things. I'd cry at at, uh, at movies. <laughs> I would cry at, in life. And I still remember when one of my cats died just a few months into sobriety and I couldn't leave the vet's office. I was just a puddle of tears and um, just devastating. I, had, I hadn't felt anything that hit that deep pain. I hadn't felt that in years. And I called my sponsor and I shared with him that I didn't even, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I said like the sadness, it's just this big lump in my stomach and it just won't go away. And he was very loving and gentle about it. But he basically said to me like, you're actually feeling things for the first time in a long time. So it's going to be bumpy. It's going to be bumpy some days. A third shocking truth, uh, that hit me was, um, I wanted to be a responsible person, but that apparently requires you to actually be a responsible person. So <laughs> um, that meant showing up at 4 p.m. for something that starts at 4 p.m., not 3.22 p.m. or 4.59 p.m., but actually 4 p.m. I used to have this policy of like, you know, plus or minus 59 minutes from the start time was this perfectly fine. You know, if you show up at 4.58 for a, uh, a work meeting that started at 4, at least it had a 4 in front of it, right? Like, just 58 minutes plus minus, who cares? Guess what? People freaking hate 
assholes who do that. <laughs> and I, now, in sobriety, I was supposed to be the kind of human who does that and does what he's supposed to do on time. And I, that's, that wasn't easy. It was shocking. And to come back to the tweet specifically, which used the word worry twice, um, I did also start to worry about things that I that like I hadn't in the past. My kids, my kids are the best example of that. They were at the top of the list. I used to be so drunk and high all the time that I just wasn't a very present dad. And so um, I hadn't really worried about them like parents often do. Like I, I, one example is I would take them to the playground and I would just be nodding off in the background um, as they hung from sliding boards and jumped off swings and did all sorts of crazy stuff. And now that I wasn't face down ass up on a park bench, <laughs> I realized quite a few times like how worried I was watching them do dangerous stuff and like, holy shit, what a very basic realization for a parent, huh? But ever since then, I, I've worried about my kids in a much different way. And I have found worrying about my kids to be the toughest kind of concern to wrestle with because I, I've truly needed a higher power to work through it. Even when I'm doing the helicopter dad thing, just on top of them breathing down their necks, there's only so much I can do. My kids, they go off to school and whatever happens, happens. A kid teaches them a bad word. I, I can't, you know, that's not how life works. I can't be there to monitor. Um, if the kids go to a movie with some friends and somebody hands them cigarettes or a beer, I have virtually no control over what happens. I have to trust the universe on some level and just hope that I did an okay job. The rest is out of my hands. And there's so many other situations in life like that. Um, and kids are just at the top of the list, I think. So, yeah, I, you know, I do worry about more things than I did before in sobriety, for sure. A lot more things. But I also have quite a few tools to work through the stuff that I worry about. So, as weird as this sounds, even though a good sober life has given me so much more to worry about, I think I know how to process it and I spend less time worrying than, than ever. And that is just, man, that is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, you know, you could almost say I feel like I am king of the world. <laughs> so, thanks for letting me share.